Blog Talk Radio. And welcome everybody to the Jets Podcast Preview Show on 247sports.com as the New York Jets in Week 10. It's amazing. We've gotten to Week 10 as the New York Jets are going to get ready to take on the Buffalo Bills at MetLife Stadium. And this one should be not just a must-win, but it should be a win, period, as the Buffalo Bills are in dead last in the AFC East with a 2-7 and seven record. Along with Rick Lockland, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Um, Rick, before we even get into the situation involving the Jets personnel, um, while that was a terrible loss to the Miami Dolphins last week, uh, this would be even a worse loss, a humiliating loss, if you cannot beat the Buffalo Bills, who are dead last, not just in the AFC East, but in the entire AFC. But then again, uh, if they were in the NFC, they'd be ahead of the New York Giants. But still, though, this is a game where the New York Jets must, and I repeat and stress this, they must get a win to at least improve their record to 4-6 and six before they get to the bye week. And we were saying before the start of the show that if there's a team that is in more disarray than the New York Jets, it's the Buffalo Bills. I mean, going back to a couple of Monday nights ago against the New England Patriots, starting longtime journeyman Derek Anderson because Nathan Peterman didn't work out, of course. They even have Matt Barkley on the roster, which I found it curious that yesterday uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach, had said that the Matt Barkley is still in the mix to start on Sunday against the Jets. So the Buffalo Bills, here we are Friday afternoon, our regular Friday preview podcast at 4 p.m., and Sean McDermott hasn't even named the starting quarterback for Sunday's game. I mean, that just shows you what kind of disarray, disorganization, and the sad state of affairs up there in western New York with the Buffalo Bills. So this is a game that is very winnable for the Jets you mentioned that Jermaine Johnson practiced fully for the first time on Thursday. He's trending and looks like he's going to play on Sunday, which is going to be a big boost for this Jets team. And the number one storyline that everybody, is, of course, is watching is about Sam Darnold, that foot sprain that didn't look to be much during the game against Miami. And post-game, Todd Bowles kind of brushed it off as he'll be okay and uh, you know he'll ice it and be all right for practice. And then, sure enough, on Monday – Jet beat reporters see Sam Darnold on the sideline with the walking boot, and that just opened Pandora's box. And then it turned out that subsequent tests revealed that Sam Darnold had a more serious injury injury than first feared. And now you have Josh McGowan, who's going to start, who I, I really feel that, you know, Sam Darnold had a rough go of it the last few weeks. He's had a ton of injuries to deal with, subpar coaching. I feel like this start couldn't come at a better time for Josh McGowan, especially you get Sam Darnold healthy, you rest him this week and through the bye week, and hopefully he's able to return in week 12. And I think that having McCown back in the lineup, I think that's going to give an extra little boost uh, that this Jet offense really needs. Now, let's just say this right now, Rick. Obviously, we would love to have Sam Darnold under center against the Buffalo Bills. And obviously, you know, to get his confidence back, if he's ever lost any, which I don't think he has. But the point is, is that we would like to assume or think that Darnold would have bounced back under center for the New York Jets and possibly get the win. But you know what? This foot injury right now, um, at the moment, doubtful, I believe he's listed. He'll be out against the Bills. And you know what? If you think about it, 
And I'm not saying you want Darnold injured. I don't want him injured. We don't want Darnold injured. We want him to be healthy and ready to go. But in his rookie season, where he's been under a lot of pressure, not just going being uh, going, you know, not just being taken out by opposition defense defenses from, of course, against Minnesota at Chicago at Miami, but you know, even under center by Spencer Long has really thrown him into a bit of a tizzy. And if you think about it, this is not a bad thing to see Sam Darnold. He's on the sidelines. Okay, he won't be able to play, Rick, but now he can watch what the Jets might want him to do. Now, granted, the play calling has not been great uh, for Darnold in his last couple of games, but if he watches what McCown does, then I think it's beneficial for Darnold to even have more knowledge. So when he does go back out there after the bye week, hopefully getting ready for the Week 12 matchup at home against New England Patriots, if he is 100% healthy then, that would be the best thing for Darnold right now. Watch on the bench. Watch on the sidelines. If they want him up in the uh, jet suite to watch from there, that's fine too because then he'll gain more knowledge and more more confidence will come out of him when he's coming back into the lineup this year or the start of next year. And it's funny because Todd Bowles has still yet to commit to whether Sam Darnold is going to be the backup quarterback or indeed it's going to be Davis Webb or perhaps another option that, um, you know, we don't foresee because again, I feel like Sam Darnold, he was inundated with information thrown into the fire, three games in 11 span of 11 days, He's had to endure three separate, two separate three-game losing streaks, I should say. And I'm not going to say that he's beaten down mentally, but he's a rookie quarterback. He's had a heck of a lot put on his shoulders, and undeservedly so. I think he's accepted a lot of the blame for the team's struggles, and we know part of it's attributed to the coaching staff, the handling of the offense, the lack of creativity and ingenuity by Jeremy Bates as the offensive coordinator. And, you know, I'm not going to say Sam Darnold is completely free of guilt because, again, he he has some throws that he probably should have and wants to take back throughout the year. But those are the growing pains of a rookie quarterback. You know, I did an article earlier this week that Sam Darnold's rookie season is not unlike a lot of legendary quarterbacks that went down the list, whether it was Peyton Manning, Phil Simms, Troy Aikman, uh, and jokingly made a comparison to Mark Sanchez. But it, it's true that, you know, this is a position that – Players rarely do you have from day one they can just step in and dominate the league, that you have to grow into this role. And Darnold has shown flashes that he, he will be the franchise-caliber quarterback. He's shown flashes that he could be a Pro Bowl-caliber quarterback, but he's also shown a lot of room for improvement and some bad decision-making that you would hope with more experience and a better coaching staff around him that he can hone his skills. So, again, that I'm in total agreement with you, Daniel. I think that Josh McCown start couldn't come at a better time. This will give Sam Darnold a breather, maybe take a step back from things, evaluate his first half of the season. The Jets are starting to get the reinforcements. They get Tremaine Johnson back in the lineup. Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anua have barely practiced this week, so there's some question as to whether they'll play this week. But nonetheless, they're going to be healthier after the bye week. And uh, Rontez Miles is going to be back in the lineup. So Elijah McGuire, of course. So I mean, these are all pretty integral players in on both sides of the ball 
that are going to be back in the fold in the Jets' second half of the schedule. And I think that's going to only help the team as far as trying to stack up the wins and help Sam Darnold from a playmaking standpoint. But in the long term, you'd hate to see him risk any type of uh, injury or further injuring himself by playing in this game. You'd rather take the safe route, let him sit, let him evaluate, let him take some notes and watch from afar because Josh McGown, if there's a better teacher in the NFL to help him play the quarterback position, I'm not aware of it because I think Josh McGown has coaching written all over his DNA uh, once he decides to hang him up after this year. Absolutely, Rick, and that's the one thing I've felt very comfortable with uh, Josh McCown as the uh, backup quarterback for the Jets and, of course, uh, the mentor for Sam Darnold because he has that coaching bug ability to take Sam under his wing, and obviously they're roommates inside the same apartment complex um, not far away from MetLife Stadium and not far away from uh, the Atlantic Health Training Facility is that, you know, Sam is definitely going to get an earful from McCown, and he's going to learn from this, and he's going to know starting next year um, that I believe that he'll be fine, he'll be f- okay, and that he's going to learn everything from uh, McCown, and he'll be fine. I mean, I listen to Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts this afternoon um, on the midday show on WFAN, and they had on uh, Kevin um, Gilbride, I think. I, what's his name? Uh, the former uh, – Giants uh, uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Gilbride, uh, yeah. Gilbride, that was correct. Okay, Kevin Gilbride. Um, and even he said about, you know, young quarterbacks, he once thought it was always arm strength that makes a quarterback uh, powerful in the NFL. And then after the years have gone by and all the games he's been coaching in the NFL, he had to reassess his own evaluations because it's not just arm strength. That's last. You want cunningness. You want ability. You want smarts. You want every other situation as an NFL quarterback that doesn't involve your arm. It involves your brain. It involves how you read plays, how you read the situation on the field, what you need to do to keep a play alive, what you need to do to throw the ball away when there's you know, no play there at all, what you have to have to do with and without the ball. And then comes the arm strength. So I truly believe that Darnold in the future will be fine. There's no doubt about that. He'll be fine. Everything will be okay, and they'll move forward. Now, to talk about um, Mr. Manish Mehta from the New York Daily News, apparently he was talking to uh, Jermaine Curse and uh, talked about uh, what was the worst play he's ever uh, owned up to uh, in his career, and he talked about something that happened at the University of Washington. But that's not the one thing um, that – I felt that should be discussed here. Uh, basically, apparently, some. And I'm not sure if we lost Daniel, but what? I think the point to was about Jermaine Curse, and he talked about Josh McCown being back in the lineup. You hear me? And how pra- practices? I can hear you now, Daniel. I think, I think the okay, point you're getting at is, is Jermaine Curse's comments about uh, Josh McCown returning to practice and the offense uh-huh. being uh, more up tempo. Is that correct? Uh, probably that, but actually more about uh, – actually, no. Uh, the article by Manish Mehta was basically – he's dis- uh, Jermaine Curse is disputing the narrative that he has lost interest. Um, I don't think that's the case uh, with uh, Jermaine Curse, and I agree with Jermaine that, you know what, he is uh, – look, I, I mean, fine. He's maybe made poor decisions on trying to catch the ball. 
I mean, obviously he tried to keep uh, a ball in play uh, when uh, he was in Miami, but unfortunately after he caught the ball, one foot was in and one foot was out. He stepped out of bounds. He didn't know where the sideline was or he overcompensated. He definitely has not lost interest. I don't believe he has lost interest. And that's why Jermaine Curse is probably happy he's on this team, not with just a great mentor as well as a good teammate as in Josh McCown, but you know he sees the exciting things about what Sam Darnold can bring to the Jets. And I truly believe that for him, uh, he has not lost any sense of desire to be in the National Football League or to be with the New York Jets. I truly believe he'll be ready to go and he'll be as dangerous as he's always been. I think there's definitely some frustration on the part of Jermaine Curse. I mean, he was targeted nine times last week against the Miami Dolphins. The Jets, of course, didn't score a touchdown. Their leading receiver was a tight end in Chris Herndon. So, I mean, that just tells you the state of affairs with the Jets' passing game because Curse, uh, again, he had nine targets. He only had three receptions for 20 yards. So I, I think he, there is a level of frustration, but there's a level that he's kind of resigned to the fact that it's a rookie quarterback, that he's going to go through his progressions. And one of the things that Curse said that I thought was really interesting this week was about Josh McCown and returning to practice, of course, in place of the injured Sam Darnold. And he said that the practices were up-tempo, they were upbeat, they were faster, the reads were being made at a quicker pace, and he was getting everybody to the line of scrimmage and, and running a, a high, fast, up-tempo offense, something that Sam Darnold was not accustomed to. And it's just because a guy like Josh McGowan, 39 years of age, 15-plus years experience in the NFL, he's going to process things a heck of a lot faster than Sam Darnold. He's going to have the ability to, to go through his progressions at light speed and be able to, to make the reads, make the throws, and organize his team for the next play. So that, that is something that's natural. I don't think that Sam Darnold or any Jet fan should take that as a knock on the rookie quarterback because, of course, you're going to have a, a well-traveled, savvy veteran is going to have a more heightened awareness and ability to run an offense than a first-year quarterback. So, Again, I think that Sam Darnold is an ideal situation. He doesn't have pressure on him. He's under the tutelage and guidance and mentorship of Josh McCown, who knows this game inside and out. And now he gets the opportunity, of course, when he was on the field, he was getting coached up on the sideline. And now he has the opportunity to see exactly how Josh McCown manages the game and plays the game. And maybe he can adapt some of that and bring some of that into his own game. So, for me, Jermaine Curse, I don't think he's checked out. I think he's still both emotionally, uh, mentally involved, physically committed to the to the position. I just think playing with a rookie quarterback, uh, there have been times maybe they've not been on the same page. And you'll go back to that week one contest last year against Buffalo when, of course, Jermaine Curse was the Jets' leading receiver. He was the star of uh, that game, and he was really just had two practices under his belt before he played and he became a favorite target of Josh McGown during their time playing together. And I expect to see more on Sunday. And I agree with you there, Rick. And really quickly, I just want to give a shout out to Mr. Dan Leberfeld. Of course, he's the writer of uh, his uh, Jets confidential newspaper is that when uh, he was at the Jets training facility in um, <clears throat> over in Florham park, uh, Josh McCown, a fiery Josh McCown, before the Jets practice, and he's yelling, he's screaming, he's pumping up his teammates at practice about today, uh, yesterday and today. I mean, you know, this guy, sure, he hasn't played since the end of last year um, when he got his uh, throwing hand injured, um, uh, you know, 
uh, before that road game uh, in Denver. But still, though, that is something impressive to see Josh McCown still fired up, ready to go, hopefully no rust uh, against Buffalo. But still, though, when you see someone at 37-38 still pumping up his teammates, no matter how young, how old, or how middle-aged they are in the uh, NFL terminology, uh, to see Josh McCown really firing up his teammates, that is fantastic to see. And you know what? Maybe it is the spark that they need to get back into the swing of things before Sam Darnold does come back and uh, takes over the starting quarterback position. And sometimes you just need a different voice in the huddle. It's nothing to do with Sam Darnold. It's not a knock on his leadership quality or his ability to motivate his team. But, but Josh McCown brings a different element. He brings a different level of experience, a deeper level of understanding of how things work in the NFL. And I think that players, especially a guy like Jermaine Curse, is a well-traveled veteran, savvy in his own right, he's going to benefit from that. And it, it may be uh, an opportunity for Josh McCown to try to, again, have Sam Darnold kind of emulate some of the things that he's doing. And, you know, Todd Bowles had a a great familiarity with Josh McCown, of course, going back to their days uh, coaching and playing for one another. And I just think Sam Darnold needs some time. He needs more seasoning. And a lot of that has to do with how the coaching staff has handled him. I felt for the first four weeks of the year, they really put the training wheels on the offense. They wouldn't allow him to test the ball downfield. And long behold, those games against the Colts and the Broncos, you started to see them unleash that deep game passing attack, and things were going splendidly. The Jets had won two games in a row. They were back at 500. They looked like they're going to be in the mix uh, to at least be in contention in November and early December. And then long behold, the injuries hit the team, key playmakers go down, and those once uh, great plays that the Jets were able to make downfield were no longer there. And we have what we have right now, which is a three-game losing streak. So this, to me, is a game that is very winnable. It's a Buffalo Bills team that has been up and down all year. Even during that uh, Monday night affair against the New England Patriots, I mean, Derek Anderson, a guy they basically picked up off the scrap heap that was on vacation with his family, not not even in, in football shape, had not even been on an NFL team's radar, They called him up. He started Monday night in Western New York at Buffalo and played reasonably well. And through three quarters, the Bills were right in that ball game. And then, of course, Tom Brady being Tom Brady in the fourth quarter took over. The Patriots pushed that lead, I I believe, eventually winning the game 25-6. to But, you know, it just seems like every time this Buffalo Bills team, they think they find their future franchise quarterback, and that, of course, being Tyrod Taylor – Now with the Cleveland Browns, he was not the solution. You have Josh Allen this year who was dinged up. They they started the year with Nathan Peterman, went to Josh Allen, then he got injured. You go to Derek Anderson. Now there's some deliberation between going back to Peterman or now bringing in Matt Barkley. To me, it's been almost the case of the Jets from 2012 up until this year where it's a quarterback carousel. And until you get some stability at the quarterback position, which I think Buffalo at least will try in the next few years with Josh Allen, until they fully commit to one of these quarterbacks, they're going to keep going through all these growing pains, all these different problems. Because, uh, again, as a Jet fan and following this team for a long time, we've experienced it firsthand. If you don't know who your quarterback is going to be week in and week out, that has a trickle-down effect on the rest of the team on the coaching staff, on the offense, and there's no way to develop any continuity 
with your team. And it's really a losing formula that unfortunately Buffalo seems to be in a bad way. And until they figure that situation out, uh, they're going to continue their losing ways and probably end up with one of the worst records in the National Football League. And Derek Anderson has been ruled out with a concussion, so he will not be playing uh, or suiting up against the New York Jets this coming Sunday. Um, as we continue on about the Buffalo Bills, Rick, um, as we keep on going here, uh, it looks like LaShawn McCoy uh, will be in the Bills' plans for 2019. And, you know, for a guy like McCoy, who is, you know, you know he's a guy who's a loyal guy and, you know, left – was forced out of Philly and uh, comes into Buffalo. It's having uh, some good seasons, but uh, to know, <coughs> pardon me, uh, that he'll be remaining in Buffalo at least for next year. I think that's a good thing for him, but unfortunately for the Jets, that could be uh, an Achilles heel if you have a pumped up and amped up LaShawn McCoy who could run roughshod in front of that front, uh, front seven. And um, you got to worry about someone, you know, when he gets good news that, He'll be part of the plans for next year, and he'll probably have a, a, another gear uh, going after the Jets. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with the Bill strategy of having LaShawn McCoy in the team's plans for next year because this is just like the Jets are really not in win-now mode with Sam Darnold. I think that's going to be the case with the Buffalo Bills next year and even to more of an extreme because Sam Darnold is more of a sure bet than Josh Allen is. I think there's a lot of questions about Allen uh, as far as from an arm strength standpoint, as far as accuracy is concerned, as far as the leadership qualities to lead a team. And when you have a guy who is a year in and year out perennial pro bowler in LaShawn McCoy, you know, he's really going to be wasting his final prime years with a team that's in rebuild mode. So if I were at Buffalo Bills and I were management and in that front office, I would look to make a trade to just stockpile early draft picks. Maybe you get a second-round pick with LaShawn McCoy. I thought the perfect opportunity with Jay Ajayi going down with the Philadelphia Eagles earlier in the year, I thought it was a perfect opportunity for the Bills to make that trade where they could stockpile an early-round draft pick, allow LaShawn McCoy to reunite with the team, of course, in Philadelphia, and start uh, building, putting together your building blocks for the future. So, for me, again, I think that this Buffalo Bills team, they're a couple years away. It's really interesting because they, of course, en- ended that long playoff drought that they had last year with uh, the game, of course, with Tyrod Taylor uh, getting them to a playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and, of course, losing the ball game. But for me, this Buffalo Bills team, they finally get to the playoffs. They think they have a quarterback that at least – can guide them into a playoff situation. And what do they do? They let him leave and go to Cleveland. So I'm not sure. I understand they want to draft a quarterback and they maybe didn't fully believe in Tyrod Taylor, but they had a good thing going. They had a playoff caliber squad last year, and now they're breaking it down and building it up from square one, uh, which the Bagulas, obviously that was their uh, priority from day one of this off season. And I'm not sure, uh, again, if they're on the five-year plan, the 10-year plan, the 15-year plan, but I can't imagine, especially our buddy Earl Reed up in Buffalo, being too happy with uh, the plan for this team moving forward. Trust me, Rick, if you follow Earl on Twitter about the Bills, he's probably not happy about it, and he'll definitely uh, throw his opinions around for sure, but we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen here. Um, You know, to talk about the coaching situation, 
And I also want to throw in Mike McCagnin as well. You know, we have said here, um, even before we joined 247sports.com, you know, when we were fansfavorite.com, you know, last year is the start of a true rebuild. It's a a true rebuild. It's not a remove a Band-Aid to put a new one in. Um, You know, Mike McCagnin, Todd Bowles, they had a game plan where they believed that they were going to um, go out and, you know, tear down the roster and start from scratch. And while I think in some ways the rebuild is on and has looked okay, not great, okay, the point is is this, is that somewhere along the way, this rebuild has to look better, not just who's on the roster, but the coaching staff as well. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the year. Obviously, we all believe that Bulls should be fired because of the way that this coaching staff has not done the job at times to put Sam Darnold or some of these solid rookie players into position where they can give them a chance to win these games. And the play calling has been you know, suspectful. It's been uh, terrible. And, you know, many people, and I've said this already, if you fire Todd Bowles now, do you trust Bates or Rogers as the interim head coach? Because the truth is, I do not. I don't think that they should be given an opportunity as an interim head coach. I feel like you have to bite the bullet and wait till the end of this year. Now, does that mean I'm giving Bowles an opportunity to right the ship? Yes and no. Because only Todd Bowles knows what he needs to do to try and get as many wins as possible and at least survive for another year. Because if he can survive this, Rick, and go possibly four and two, these next six games that are remaining, five and one, they go six and oh, but at least between four and two and five and one, if that's the opportunity that Bulls has to save his job, then it's possible. But if he can't do that, then he'll be done for the rest. He'll be done at the end of the year because we can't have we can't continue to go through a rebuild and seeing Todd Bowles mucking things up with poor poor decision making as well as poor calls being poor plays being called i don't think any jet fan wants to see more turnover on the roster coaching changes front office changes i mean you talk to fans of this jet team and I've seen them on Facebook. I read the comments. I've been a fan since 1968. I've been a fan since 1973. I've been a Jet fan since 2015. It doesn't matter, spanning all the generations of Jet fans. They don't want to see changes unless they're necessary and they're required. And I think that, again, Todd Bowles is on his – this is Todd Bowles' last stand, let's put it that way. If he is able to somehow rally the troops, like you mentioned, they win four of their next five games – he stabilized the ship. Sam Darnold returns back to the lineup healthy. This is assuming a lot of things happen. Then you could definitely make the argument that Todd Bowles will at least deserve to finish out the year and perhaps get consideration to stay on with this team or at the very least have a tight leash to start 2018, uh, 2019, I should say. And if the team gets off to a slow start, they're 1-3, and three, they're 0-4, whatever the case may be, then you may look to make a change. But I think from what I've seen this year with the changing of the guard of the quarterback position with a lot more promise for the future and young up and coming foundational pieces coming together on this team, 
I wanted to see Todd Bowles get this roster together. I wanted to see him put Sam Darnold in a position to succeed. I wanted to see him answer a lot of those questions about managing late-game situations and being a little more aggressive offensively instead of being uh, conservative and allowing opponents to dictate the play. And I haven't seen any of those changes so far in Todd Bowles. I think he is the kind of coach that he is. If he were to take over a, a veteran team, we saw last year with Josh McCown at the helm, you know, if he has a capable veteran quarterback, a solid defense, Todd Bowles can manage the game, and he has enough coaching experience and football awareness to be able to put teams in position to succeed. But I am just not of the belief that Todd Bowles is a guy that can develop a young quarterback or he doesn't have that coach on his staff to develop a young quarterback. I mean, you know, and I think if the Jets make a change sooner than later, they let's say, God forbid, they lose this game against the Buffalo Bills. I don't think it's out of the question that there's a possibility during the bye week that the Jets move on from Todd Bowles. And at one time, I thought Jeremy Bates could be part of the solution. I'm not saying that he won't be, but maybe you named uh, Kevin Green the interim head coach. I don't know what the succession plan is behind Todd Bowles, but I think if the Jets are going to make a move and the front office is on board, ownership is on board, the sooner they make that move, the easier it's going to be for a transition. They can do a thorough head coaching search. They can put all the pieces into place so then when the offseason rolls around, when they have to prepare for the draft, when they try to get Sam Darnold and what will be his second year to take that next step forward, they'll have a head coach already in place, already comfortable, and already in Sam Darnold's ear to, to get him to that point where he can be a confident, capable starting quarterback. So, again, I, I'd like to see over these next couple of games what happens, but if, if Todd Bowles doesn't turn things around and turn it around in a hurry – I'm a proponent and a big believer that the Jets should make a change and they should just cut bait now and make the change now so they can plan for the future with Sam Darnold as quarterback. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this will do it for the Jets podcast preview show on 247sports.com. The New York Jets getting ready to take on the Buffalo Bills this coming Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern at MetLife Stadium on WCBS Channel 2. For Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. This has been the Jets podcast preview show on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We will talk to you on Monday after the game. Thank you so long and talk to you next time. Bye-bye for now.